Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate the Great Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Not-So-Great Thompson. How's it going today, Charles Not-So-Great Thompson? Well, not great. Not great at all, huh? (laughs) What if that was like my persona? Is it good? Yeah. Like good, not great? I feel like we were just on a, like I was calling into a radio station as a character. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what he says every time is like a staple. Like, hey, Chuck, how the hell are you? Well, not great. Not great. Not great, Nate. I'll tell you why. And then you do this little funny story. We'll have to do that. We'll do that for the next episode. Mm -hmm. But not today because we already let the uh, secret out right there. But next episode, we're going to do that. By the way, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Hawaii's favorite radio program. Hawaii's favorite morning show, for (laughs) sure. We did do an episode yesterday by we, I mean me, and by yesterday, I mean I forgot to upload it until this morning. So mm. go back and check out the White Pill Wednesday You want to hear someone who doesn't know how to take responsibility? This guy right here. We're trying to teach you. I forgot. I just said I forgot. Oh, wow. It sounds How's like How's that you, not take? I can't possibly take any more responsibility than like that. Sounds like you just played it off. I, I'm said I'm the one who messed up, okay? But anyway, if you want to hang out live with us, we've been talking about some weird stuff for the last 13 minutes or so. And if you are interested in talking about weird stuff for 13 minutes mm, or so, yeah. then you want to go to joingml.com. Things that'll make you sick to your stomach. Exactly. If yeah. you are interested in being sick to your stomach, cringing, having the nervous sweats and uh, raised elevated heart rate, then go to joingml.com. Oh, and uh, also if you want to, there's plenty of hate for me. So if you feel, if you got hate in your heart, yeah, you put you put it on me. Yep. And I accept it. I, I, you did, Have you announced that we got our first real libertarian? We did get Sign a real up? libertarian. I don't know if he's the first one, but we did get a real oh, libertarian. Okay. Uh, we so just, we do appreciate that. You can get the tag of real libertarian. You can get a special color. What color are you? Yellow. Whenever you come through as mm. a real libertarian. Yep. And by being a real libertarian, that means you put your real libertarian money where your real libertarian mouth is. <laughs> and okay. you type with your real libertarian fingers. <laughs> First thing we're going to talk about today, we are going to go a little bit over this whole railway strike that almost happened and could still happen because it could be really important and it allows us the opportunity to talk about how people, um, there's uh, we don't like unions. We can talk about unions. And maybe a little bit more nuanced conversation because some of the stuff they're asking for is not the craziest stuff in the world. Um, I got a story here about how police departments are changing for the better, but not for the reason that you think. We'll get to that. We didn't get to mention, because we haven't been here live since Monday, we didn't get to mention Lindsey Graham throwing out uh, an abortion ban bill like right before the midterms. A when, nationwide, uh, the 15-week abortion ban bill right before the midterms. That's a brilliant idea. And two weeks, or two months, three months ago, he was talking about how it's a state's rights. State's rights issue. State's rights. In this case, all and 50 of them at the same time. Now it's not. Yeah, so we're going to, maybe a couple other things after that. But first off, I saw this video, and it is fit for dumb bleep for sure, but I feel like we could talk about it a little bit more than we give uh, time for on Dumbly. This is Louder with Crowder talking with Alex Jones. So Stephen Crowder talking with Alex Jones about libertarianism. Libertarianism. These are the people you go to to get your uh, really good ideas. And so let's see what they had to say. There's no longer a dividing line between corporations, a free market, which I support. These are effectively 
sub-arms of the government, and libertarianism cannot stand up in the face of that. I 100% agree with you. In fact, I'm no longer even a little L libertarian. I'm anti-libertarian. 30 years ago, when I was first starting to get on air, 25 years ago, Republicans were pretty bad news, wanted to censor everybody, had a lot of problems. Right. The left hadn't turned into this pro-pedophile, Satan worship, cancer it is completely yet. You just hit the trifecta. Go on. So, so I thought, well, libertarians want to leave people alone socially, but they want a smaller government, they must be good. But it was big think tanks and big money funding libertarians. So conservatives would always think of corporations as perfect uh, and and as government is bad, instead of it being a balance. And so now the globalists admit they were building governments basically run by corporations or corporations so big they operate like governments, but way more efficient. Charlie, are corporations perfect? No. No. Absolutely not. You're going to put on your corporate shill hat <laughs> and lick your corporate shill boots. Look, I feel like uh, my initial reaction to this was like defensive. <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, since I'm a big L libertarian now. You are a big L. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little offended. But in that same time, I was like, well, maybe it's not such a bad thing that Alex Jones is disassociating himself. It's true. I didn't even think about that. Libertarians. He just said he's anti-libertarian. He's anti-libertarian. And be- you know what? I was like, <laughs> well, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> now, I think a lot, well, not a lot. I think some of what Alex Jones has said in the past has been true, even when it was conspiracy theory, when he was talking about it. And he, I think he's right to question everything. Now, of course... <laughs> The trifecta there that Crowder mentioned, like, yeah. oh, pro-pedophile and whatever. Most Democrats are not pro-pedophile, okay? Like, I, I would say most of them most. are anti. Yeah, most of I them think he's talking about anti. the elites, though, you know, the people running the like show. Like the Epstein and, you know, Trump. Whoever, we'll never Trump know. Trump is on the list, we'll probably. Never know. Uh, anyway. The, if Trump the, was on the list, we would have at least some of the yeah. list. The rest of it would be redacted. Yeah. The problem continues to be, and this comes from uh, what I would consider most... Mm, emotional people. And I know we're emotional beings. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm not trying to discount that, but when you're not, when you, when you think logically, the problem comes in is not with the idea of libertarianism, but it's the, or the problem that the corporations are so powerful. You have to ask why are the corporations so powerful? They're only that powerful, powerful because of government. That's Mm -hmm. it. In a true free market, the government doesn't have that power and these corporations would be crushed by by competition. Easily yeah, crushed that's, by that's, competition. They actually end up going, now that he said that they're anti-libertarian, which makes them kind of uh, pro-authoritarian, I guess, in one way or the other. But using a right-wing government to control the corporations because you can't allow the free market and can't allow them to do what they want anymore... Okay, well, guarantee me right now, one of them writing, there's never going to be a left-wing person in control of the government because you just gave that person control over all the corporations. But they still have this idea that, now, hey, the corporations are doing bad stuff. Plenty of them are. I disagree with it. Uh, Facebook said they censored the Hunter Biden laptop story from a warning that they got from the FBI about Russian disinformation. Now, that's essentially the government working through a private corporation and getting them to censor stuff to affect an election. Why did Facebook do that? Because Facebook really, really, really cares about this? Maybe, somewhat. Another side of that is that they had just been drugged through a year's worth of uh, congressional Congressional hearings hearings. where they had to talk to AOC, and no one wants to do that. (laughs) 
And so they're thinking, I better freaking do this or I'm going to have to talk to AOC again and in Congress. And I and I would would rather do a lot of other terrible things. And they're threatened with antitrust lawsuits. They're threatened to be broken up. You know, we got to take Instagram and WhatsApp away from Facebook and all that. So you better do whatever it is the government wants. That's why Facebook did what they did. Did they do what the government wanted them to do? Yes, they did. But it's because the government has so much power over them that they did it. And you will never actually solve this problem until you take away the power that the government has over all of these different people operating inside of the economy. And I think I see why all roads lead to fascism. Mm -hmm. Because look at somebody like Alex Jones. I understand. I mean, the guy was kicked off every platform. Uh, His livelihood in question now. I mean, I'm sure he's probably doing okay but he probably doesn't have the same lifestyle he used to. Probably got some gold buried in the backyard or something. Yeah, but so so my thing is, is like, I understand his frustrations, but see, this is what happens in this identity politics game, as I think Jordan Peterson has so clearly pointed out, is that when when the, when the people become disenfranchised and you're, infect, you're affected by this, well, then now you want to take power mm-hmm. and stick it to them. You're like, well... You know, screw me, screw you. You end up with and, ex- extremes on both sides. You sw- you swing extreme one way, and now some people, some people on the right, are trying to fight the extreme leftism that that we see out there with extreme rightism out there. And that's not the answer either. The one thing's really bothering me is that the Republican Party, the Republican Party needs to be going more the way of Rand Paul, Thomas Massey. And they're really not. They're going the way of a whole bunch of Donald Trumps. And, of course, the Democrats helped with a lot of money putting a lot of these people forward. But when they go extreme right, and I don't mean they're going to start murdering people or anything like that, but when they go more extreme right, that's just going to create more extremism on the left. And the pendulum's just going to swing back and forth harder and harder. And what we need are more... Uh, we need more people that are out there trying to take power away from the government instead of coming up with all sorts of new things that the government should do to prevent the government to, from doing bad things. We need to give the government more power because you can't guarantee you're always going to have a Republican in charge of things, clearly. Yeah. You, you have to look at why the monster was created in the first place or how the monster was created, right? Yeah. And the, the way, I mean, our founders knew this, you know, Adam Smith knew this. They all knew this, you know, they, they knew that governments are tyrannical, that people, uh, what's the, what's the saying power? Is it power begets power? Well, or, well, it's uh, power uh, corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. From Lord Acton, I believe is something like is that, that what you're going with. I, no, the, no, I don't remember exactly what the saying is, but. Uh, well, what I just said was exactly perfect. Maybe you're thinking about something else. But. Yeah. Unperfect mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking of, you know. <laughs> So any, my point is, regardless of what the, the saying is, my point is, is that when you create the structure, tyrants will come. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Yeah. And they, like, like I said, our founders knew this. Great philosophers knew this. Uh, you can look throughout history. It's just repeating the same things over and over again. And if you want to actually solve the problem, then you have to look at the underlying causes. And that is allowing... And maybe there's no answer for this. I don't, I don't, you know, it's a libertarian message is very hard sell, Mm -hmm. you know, like how do you, how do you get people to, 
to not to, to set aside the anger and the frustration that they righteously feel, mm-hmm. right? When you're trying to indoctrinate their kids, <laughs> I get it, right? But what's the what's the actual solution here? The actual and, solution you're talking about kids would be for you to have multiple options of places to send your kids to. That way, people would learn. Uh, what they need to do to attract your family and and kids to your school. But we don't. We have a monopoly set up for the school system. Now, what people on the right would want to do is they want to set up the structure of a whole bunch of rules for what exactly people can and can't say. And And some of that is some of that's reasonable. Some of it's rational, of course, but they can end up going too far with it. And the actual answer would be to just have more competition. You know, but that's mm. a really hard sell. Yeah. And it also takes time for that to happen. If you were to pass that law, like right now, it's not just going to fix itself by the end of the year, probably not even next year or the year after that. It would take time to build new buildings and for people to decide they're going to go to these different schools. And by the time that actually happens, you got something else people are worried about and they're going to say, well, this isn't working. We just need to go back to the old system. It takes time and it's yeah. difficult to make those free market libertarian changes over the span of these elections, which is uh, why we just keep going with what wins elections, which is telling people that you're going to fix their lives for them. Yeah. And what Dan says here, he's like, I don't think power corrupts. It's just, it's really just that the existence of power attracts corrupt people. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that's the same thing as if you build it, they will come. What a dream job for a narcissist Mm -hmm. to be a leader in government. I mean, my God, it's automatic fame. It's automatic a million Twitter followers. It's automatic uh, privilege and information and ahead of the curve. I mean. Money. It's automatic money. Automatic money. Yeah. I mean, like, that's where the narcissist is going to go. If you ever hit a wall in your life and you're like, man, I just cannot get a job. I can't find a way. I wanted to be wealthy, but I can't figure it out. Run for political Serve office. Your country. Run for political office and <laughs> and swallow swallow all your principles and run as someone on the left. Write a book about how terrible everyone else yeah. is, and you really don't need to do anything else other than that. You'll end up being wealthy afterwards. No, so there's a plan. There's a backup plan for you. Just yeah. for everyone out there feeling down in the dumps about the economy, you can always run for election as a democratic socialist, and you will be wealthy beyond your imagination within a couple of years. Yeah. It's a pretty good plan. I'm actually thinking about doing it myself. Yeah. Okay, Charlie, did you know that we almost had a massive railway strike that was just barely averted? I did overnight? hear about that, but I didn't know it was averted yet. It would have been bad. Yeah. They reached a tentative deal, and it's a difficult... To keep the trains a-rolling? To keep the trains a-rolling. Okay. And they've reached the deal, and we don't know how long this is going to last, but it at least averted the strike that was supposed to take place, like, basically tomorrow, starting tomorrow. Think, yeah. That would be really bad. Like a third of our goods travel on trains. And so supply chain problems would come from that and for sure. Doesn't doesn't Warren Buffett own BF? He owns BNSF or whatever BNSF it is. or whatever it is. Can't remember which one. I mean, it's not like he's sitting around like doing the paperwork and, no. you know, running the company or anything. His but company, Berkshire, Berkshire owns, owns a it. controlling stake of yes. the company. Yes. I, I don't know that they're involved in the day-to-day operations yeah. of the company. Um I do have a video of one of the rail one of the railway workers talking to someone on Newsmax that I thought was pretty good. He explains some of what they're wanting to get fixed. So if you want to listen to that real quick, we could do that. Yeah. Just to give a little Why bit not? of context on the Oh, that's Alex Jones. What Come up? on. Come on, man. Get on out of here. This is on Newsmax and uh you know, I think it's good to get some context from this guy's point of view. 
And so we'll just hear what he has to say for a minute. We did reach out to the Association of American Railroads, and they say that workers get sick days and paid time off. Uh, but what I want to talk to you about is what does this mean for Americans if you do go on strike? Well, what whoever told you we get six day, our sick days is manipulating the data. We get paid time off that we earned the previous year before. Before the new policy came about, we were allowed to take five days off and two weekend days off a month. Now we could take virtually one day unpaid off a month. And then the only other time we could take off is our paid time that we had to earn the previous year. Yeah, that does seem ridiculous. They would never let airline pilots do that. Um, is, that exactly. issue, is that issue number one um, for members of the 100% unions? is number one. And if we go on strike, yes, it could hurt the economy. It could be bad for society, but we don't want to do that. None yeah. of us want to do that. Well, and I know Amtrak's already we're suspended. Not, we're, not asking, we're not asking for the world here. We're asking for a few days off a month to spend with our family instead of living on a train. We spend 240 to 260 hours a month sitting on these trains or sitting at the hotel rooms wow. away from our families. That's wow. When I leave my house to go to work, I'm gone for at least two to two and a half to three days. I didn't come realize home, that, David. I, I and then so, I come home and I'm only allowed to be home for 10 hours. Wow. And then I can be called to go right back to be gone and, for three days. You have a family? Yes. Kids? My kid is 17 years old. Wow. Um, so it, uh, has it, just for somebody that doesn't we, know a lot about the railroad. And I, Okay, so when you hear this guy explain it, I mean, you you kind of feel for him, right? You want them to have more, more time off and yeah. everything. Of course I, mean, I do. I think sh people should be able to take days off of work. Now, I also think that uh, businesses should be able to fire anyone that they want to fire at all times for any reason. Yep. And if they don't like uh, the guy's hat, they can fire him. But unfortunately, when you uh, work under a union, of course, there's a lot more rules that go and along I, with that. I think employees are there. They can freely gather together and say, yeah, this is what we want or we're not going to work anymore yep. all at the same time. As long as they weren't uh, forcing new employees to join the union. That's right. Uh, and forcing the union uh, over the top of the company and not everyone actually wanted to uh, to join it or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I think people can't clearly. You and I, if we work somewhere, we could text each other and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to work tomorrow. And if the business decides that we are important enough to make policy changes because of that, maybe we got some other friends, we talk to our friends, we all decide that we're not going to go to work tomorrow. Now, they can make a choice between firing us if they have plenty of other people to fill our positions, or if we're so important that we can't be lost, then they can make a decision to to change. That's I, right. I think I that's think okay. negotiation's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this one's a little different. <laughs> than, well, than what we're because talking of about. the union. That's yeah. why. Now, one thing he talked about in there, I guess we're kind of skipping ahead in this article. Maybe you should have played the video afterwards. But um, one thing he talked about was they have to use some of their PTO to take sick days, basically, and that they should just be able to have the sick days and not have to take their PTO to do that. Now, I don't want to portray this as something that's unique to railway workers. My wife's job is the exact same way. Like if she's sick, she has to use PTO to take the day off. And she, you know, she works for HCA. Oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. She works 
for a company. Mm. I already said it. Uh, she she works yeah. for them, and she takes PTO, and she's got a ton of PTO stored out stored up right now. There's a limit to how much PTO she can store up, and then she has to start using that if she wants to take days off. There aren't any sick days, you know. And if she uses up the PTO, if she she can then take more days off, but she doesn't get paid for the days off. Now she's thought that it was a pretty sweet, pretty sweet situation that she's got. She's been at the company for a while. Yeah, she's got three hundred hours of PTO stored up right now. I don't know how many work days that is, but um, hey, how it's pretty many, good. I got a question for you. <coughs> you uh, you know your dad pretty well, right? I met him because yeah. he's your dad, right? <clears throat> yeah. How many sick days does he get? Uh, paid or unpaid? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing paid like, yeah i mean he's entitled obviously oh sorry this tweet that yeah let's talk about this tweet real quick Charlie. there's nina popping off about slavery again <laughs> all workers are entitled to paid sick leave no exception well what like what does that mean i don't know what this whole entitlement culture i told you i'm gonna throw this laptop it's a word we haven't I used enough you know the all the businesses close they just close <laughs> Close everything down. Yeah. And I want everything shut down. And then what are you going to do? We need a business owner strike. Yes. Is what like, we need. this is so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, imagine, you know, you're, you live in 1876 <laughs> and you live on less than a dollar a day, like the rest of the world does. And your whole job is to farm for your own food. Um, and you got to raise a family and all of that stuff. Like, who is paying you for your sick time? It's just like, look, now I, I would love my philosophy in business is to take care of uh, those that are taking care of your business. I believe in that wholeheartedly. And so, you know, in my business, I want people to feel like they can take time off. And, and have I ever given you shit for taking time off ever? <laughs> no, actually, you forced ever. me to take time yeah, off. I've, yeah, I'm actually like, you need yeah. a break. Take a break. Like, most uh, people, but this this whole what what really bothers me is this whole entitlement to other people's time and other people's money and what you're owed and guaranteed. You you're entitled to health care. You're entitled to sick leave. You're entitled to entitled to paid family leave. You're entitled to free college. You're entitled 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 entitled. And you go out into the real world, and the thing about it is, is that you're not. You're, you're not. You're not. No. Yes. And like, do I want this guy to spend more time with his family? Of course I do. There's nothing about this. This statement is harsh whatsoever. I, you know, but the train has to keep rolling. It does. That's, you know, this is a unique, uh, this is a unique industry here. You gotta, you gotta think about this. Like when these trains get going and when they get on their routes, I mean, first off trains take a while to, to travel back and forth to wherever they're going. They're not like the fastest moving things that there are. I, it would be like, It'd be like uh, telling uh, someone who's driving a a cruise ship. They, that's what they call it, driving, right? Yeah. You're driving a cruise ship across the ocean, you know, to the other side of the world. You're a skipper. And you're like, that. your skipper, skipper deserves a couple paid days off. during. You can't expect him to work for four days straight right there. He needs to take, if it's, uh, if he's supposed to go, it takes him from Monday to Friday to get to the other part of the world. Of course, if he gets sick on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, he shouldn't have to work those days. It's kind of a different industry than what most of us are used to. Like, you're taking on a lot of responsibility. And maybe some people aren't cut out for that responsibility. As I read in some of these articles, they were interviewing people 
who switched from uh, being on the trains, they decided they were going to be truck drivers instead. Because one thing they really don't want is to see their family every day. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But they switched from from, uh, the trains to driving trucks. And that's also another option here. Like, if you don't like the responsibility that comes along with running a train, then you should... Then go to something else like driving a truck and you just pull over whenever you want. You know, you don't cause you don't derail when you pull off the interstate or anything like that. You stop and sleep whenever you want. And that's totally fine. Maybe not everyone's cut out for it. Now, should the company do a better job taking care of their workers? They should. People should be happy at their job. You should work on that as an employer. Do they have kind of a stranglehold over people because of all the supply chain disruptions and stuff that we had? They probably do have a bit of a stranglehold over them. Uh, also, one thing I saw in this is that clearly all the supply problems we had, worker shortages that we had too, that's making it harder for them to allow people to just take random days off of work anytime they want. Because the train, as of right now, I mean, I know it kind of drives itself once you go. You just hit the autopilot button, you know, and this conductor guy pops up and runs the train for you. But, um, you know, someone's got to be running the, the Galdern thing. So I, I don't know. It's kind of a difficult situation. We're I'm, fixing it. They got a lot of problems. <clears throat> yeah. you know? mm-hmm. Freight trains are stuck on the railways all the time. I hate it when that happens, man. It's uh, Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really sucks. And, and yeah, I, I try to figure out how to not sound harsh, but <laughs> I, I don't think there's a, any other way of putting it that, um, you know, this, this shirt, this meme that was posted, basically, it says, contrary to popular belief, nobody owes you anything. And I... I do believe in helping people out, but the truth of the matter is you have to ask yourself the question, what does it mean if somebody owes you something? That means that that person is a slave to you. <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. Uh, you owe me so that I, I now own you. Now they owe you what they're con- what they are contractually obligated what to What you signed pay up for? for Who made you job. sign up for that job? The main issue I have with this, like if there's a worker quitting because they don't like the paid sick leave thing or the fact that they could take off days of work and then lose their job and someone's quitting and going somewhere else, like good, good for them. If you got a better option somewhere else that's better than this job, then quit and go do yep. it. That's fine. Mainly it's the union thing that I don't like here because I don't like unions. Yeah. Because it's uh too much force over the uh over the business so i'll tell you a personal story that's literally happening to me right now okay um i just had to let go of a contract um because of uh, certain things going on um and i didn't want to do that but the the mental capacity wasn't there to be able to manage this contract and uh so you could call that sick leave if you want to <laughs> you know mental health sick leave um and I don't expect anyone to compensate me for that. Yeah. You know, like I, you could, you didn't just say to the client, Hey, um, stuff's going on and I need to not work for you for a bit. Now I'm still entitled to the pay and whatever else, like I'm entitled to this. Um, you just said, well, I can't fulfill what they need me to do. So I'm actually just, I'm yeah. leaving, I'm mm-hmm. leaving this one behind. I don't know what they would have said if you would have said, hey, I'm not going to work. And I, I'm not going to work, but I need you to pay me as if I were working. Yes. You know, now if the business wants to work that out as a benefit for employees to be more competitive for other people, that's great. 
Now, when did sick days and these benefits start, Nate? Uh, probably are tied to uh, I don't uh, probably wage and price freezes back in the forties. I would assume that's right. Uh, I don't have the specific data on when that stuff started, but a lot of businesses started offering benefits as a way to compete because they couldn't offer higher pay as a way to compete. So they offered the benefits. Should people get these benefits? Should they get some paid sick leave and a, an incentive to work more and earn up that PTO? Sure. I think that's a good thing, but you're not entitled to it. If the business doesn't want to give it to you, or even if they can't afford to give it to you, you're not entitled to it. It is a benefit. It's, it's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. Okay, we basically don't have to read the article that goes along with this story, so I'm just going to skip on to the next one real that quick. sounds good. We'll talk about the policing changes that are taking place. A little bit of free market stuff here, kind of. Charlie, how's your beard doing, man? Oh, it's, it's going but not as good as it could be. That's true. It's not looking like mine. I can tell you what. No. I can see you right now. That's why I'm saying it's just not doing as well as mine. Although you do have some really thick, luscious, maybe you don't need that whole growth starter kit thing that I got from the beard club. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> did, <laughs> did you know that it's no secret that women love beards? Seriously, everywhere I go, uh, people want to know uh, where I got my luscious, thick, full beard. And it's all ladies. That's all they're asking about these days. Not, yes. didn't used to. But listen, as I'm explaining right now, having a great looking beard requires a lot of work, whether it's beard growth oils, which I love using. I didn't think I ever would. Styling products or a top of the line trimmer. There's a small army of products required to grow your best beard. I'm living my best beard right now. I think the coolest thing is that little tool that they give you. The derma roller. The derma roller. That just massages the follicles and gets them coming in better, thicker, and a fuller looking beard by taking these products, folks. As a leader in the Beard First Men's Growth and Grooming Beard Club delivers quality hardware. I can't tell you that. It's solid. You can tell it's high quality stuff. Ergonomical. I'm, the main, I'm, glad, I'm glad you reminded me of that. No wrist pain after using the derma roller, and that's because of its uh, it's uh, the er ergonomical design yes. that it had mm -hmm. going for sure. Uh, so like I said, I got the growth kit because I have not been great at bearding for a long time. But there's other products, of course, for people who can already grow a beard, like the, the grooming kit. I mean, it's high quality stuff. Even James the Beard Harden uses this thing. Might also be an investor in the company as well. But I love the growth oils. I love this little growth oil spray thing. I love the vitamins. I take them every single morning. No matter what type of beard you have, Beard Club has the perfect kit to fit your beard needs. So head on over to beardclub.com slash GML. Take the beard quiz and use our code GML at checkout. That's beardclub.com slash GML. Take your beard quiz and use the code GML at checkout, and you're going to take 20% off your first order. Insurers. Insurance companies are forcing the change on police. So here's a story. A police officer spotted a minivan with an expired license plate, flipped on the lights. When the driver failed to stop, they started chasing them. Basically, this led to a high-speed chase because of this expired license plate, and they were going 90 miles an hour. This van ended up slamming into another car, permanently disabling the person that was in the car. And the uh, the police chief said... Looks like they damaged a bunch of city property and yeah, stuff, Yeah, there's a lot too. of stuff going on there. Police chief said that uh, they stood behind the high-octane pursuits and doubled down on the department's decades old. Uh, their motto was, St. Anne will chase you until the wheels fall off. Mm. Now, who is ultimately responsible in this scenario? It's the person 
who ran driving 90 miles an hour and ended up slamming into another person. I'm not trying to take responsibility off of this person at, at all. But a lot of departments have a rule that if it's dangerous on the roadway, they won't chase you. And especially if it's because of something like an expired license plate. It's one thing if you just murdered someone and they're chasing you. But your license plates expire, likely are you running because something else, you know, you got a warrant, whatever. That's probably what the cop is fishing for. Got a little weed. <clears throat> Maybe you got Cowboy. some weeds in your car, which shouldn't be illegal in the first place. Yeah. So when all this happened, an otherwise silent stakeholder stepped in. The St. Louis Area Insurance Trust Risk Pool, which provided liability coverage to the city of St. Anne and the police department threatened to cancel coverage if the department didn't impose restrictions on its use of police chases. City officials shopped around for alternative coverage, but soon learned that costs would nearly double if they did not agree to the insurer's demands. Mm. So uh, then the police chief's attitude swiftly shifted. In 2019, 18 months after that chase, uh, the chief and his 48-member department agreed to ban high-speed pursuits for traffic infractions and minor nonviolent crimes. Now, this didn't take a law. This didn't take any, any kind of act of Congress, an executive order, anything like that. This was an insurance company deciding that since they had to pay out a lot of money from that crash that happened, that they were going to raise their prices on the police department because they were insuring the police department. And the police department responded to the increased risks that were associated with their tactics. This is a free market at play, baby. <laughs> it really is. So it's amazing pretty, how this stuff works. This incentives. is almost a white pill. It's incentives. You know, it's kind of a white pill. Uh, the the uh, chief said, I don't really have a choice. If I didn't do it, the insurance rates were going to go way up. I was going to I was going to have to lose 10 officers to pay for it. So where community activists, use of force victims, and city officials have failed to persuade police departments to change dangerous and sometimes deadly policing practices, insurers are successfully dictating changes to tactics and policies, mostly at small to medium-sized departments throughout the nation. The movement is driven by increasingly large jury awards and settlements that cities and their insurers are paying in police use of force cases, especially since Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, those cases led to settlements of $12 million and $27 million. Insurance companies are passing those costs and potential future costs because of the risk onto the law enforcement clients. Mm, as they should. Yeah. And so they go That's through here. That's what insurance is for. It's they go through here talking about how a lot of these small departments have, because of the increased prices, have decreased a lot of their use of force tactics. Now, we we have kind of, I don't know, we've been, as far as libertarians go, we've been friends to police on this podcast because we always wait until all of the information settles out before we make any uh, statements about anything. Uh, but there's a lot of times that there's inappropriate use of force. And when there is a lawsuit that ensues from that, there's a lot of frivolous lawsuits out there, of course, but you could get rid of those by decreasing uh, unwarranted police interactions. So there's also incentive structure there. Amen. And so what we're seeing is a change in policing at some of these departments because of the free market. And also it costs you money. Yes. By the way, like yeah. your tax dollars pay for that insurance policy. And so if their costs go up, well, they're going to have to get that money from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, one of the local activists who fought for years to get St. Anne to retool its policy said he is dismayed that the catalyst for change was money and not the injuries to people, including the person that that VAM injured. 
the catalyst for the change was money and not um, benevolence or virtue or whatever it is. Mm. Exactly. It is. I, I, I get it. Maybe that's not right. Maybe you were dependent on someone just being altruistic and a great and moral and virtuous person to change whatever the rules were. But in fact, the free market pricing system came in and changed it for you. You're welcome. And that's the beauty of the free market. <clears throat> I love incentive. it. It creates incentive. That's kind of a... For people that, to do the right thing. It's a white pill on this black pill Thursday. Well, I was. it was nice to mix that in. I know. Yeah. Thanks. All right, let's go to what Lindsey Graham's doing right, because Joe, we haven't been able to talk, to, talk about it. Abortion. <laughs> Everyone loves abortion. <clears throat> Fucking kill the kids. <laughs> Rip them from the womb. <laughs> Poke their eyeballs out. It's your right. It's your right as a woman. <laughs> Stick your hand up there and rip it limb to limb. Charlie, how do you feel about abortion? <laughs> I don't agree with it. Okay. Yeah. All right, making yeah. sure. Okay. This from the WAPO. It's an opinion piece. Okay. But here we go. Lindsey Graham's abortion bill is hypocritical and dangerous. Only months ago, Senator Lindsey Graham wanted states to write their own abortion rules. Now he has changed his mind. States should still write their own abortion rules, but only if those rules are harshly restrictive. Now, right away, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> can't we just uh, pro-life people? Yeah. Can't we just take a little win and sit on it for a second? Just just a minute. Just like give it, I don't know, a day? <laughs> we gave it a day. Now, I, I do understand. See, this is where I differ from a lot of pro-life people, even though I'm pro-life. Mm -hmm. Okay? I understand the, want, the, the need to protect innocent life. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But the, the problem comes in when it comes to principles. Okay? And there are what we consider first principles. We've talked about this extensively. Okay? The right to life, the right to be free, liberty, the right of self-ownership, and the right to property. Those are three main rights. Which the most important property is yourself. Yeah, it's self-ownership. So I think that allowing states to debate this is the proper way. And I'm not discounting wanting to protect lives, but at the same time, it's like, my God, dude. Well, I just want to know what the principle on the matter is, because if it's on the principle that abortion is murder, then you can't just, we've, we've had this conversation numerous times. Do you believe that we should have that the states should um, debate whether or not murder should be illegal? I know that those are state laws, but it's pretty unanimous as far as murder being illegal. What if one of them said it wasn't? Would some the federal case, government have a job to come over the top I mean, of them? In some cases, murder is not illegal. Self-defense? <laughs> That's not murder. Uh, uh, did you kill someone? That is a death. That's not murder. Okay. I mean, did someone die? Yes, yes, someone died. Okay. Every time someone dies is not murder. Did you? Well, did that person die by force potentially? Yeah, but were they asking for it? I, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> not uh, everything is murder. That, well, that's the thing. All right, here we go. The South Carolina Republican introduced a bill Tuesday that would impose a nationwide ban on abortion after 15 weeks, which does align with most of the rest of the mm. world. By the for way, for the most part, they address that here in a second, They're, and they the, are right about it. With the narrowest of exceptions for ending pregnancies that result from rape or incest and for procedures necessary to save the life of the mother. Um, 
I think that's good, too. Mm-hmm. The hypocrisy is obvious coming from a legislator who insisted in May that the Supreme Court, when it handed down Roe v. Wade in 1973, committed a power grab by depriving local officials of the ability to decide when and whether abortion should be legal. And that is true. They, they're right about the hypocritical part. We're, yes. we're just a couple months removed from all the Republicans agreeing that this was a state's rights issue. Yes. It's, you know. Probably still people talking about it last week. I think the Supreme Court got it right. Yeah, I think they got it right. This is what Scalia said a long time ago. This is what Ron Paul talks about. They got it right. Mr. Graham claimed his bill would place the United States in line with the science and the civilized world, yet the science behind his arbitrary 15-week threshold is dubious. There's no consensus on when a fetus begins to experience pain, the point at which Mr. Graham says abortion should be restricted. And his, that's not true, by the way. There's a lot of science that talks about when fetuses experience pain from embryologists and, and, and biologists. I don't even like that as the reason for the threshold. And you know that I'm more, I'm not as pro-life as the next guy. I am technically pro-life, but when it comes to this, whatever, it's for other, for other reasons. But pain as a threshold, what if, the, what if a person has um, SEPA and they can't feel pain? Okay, so you can kill them. No, it's about having a right to life. Yes. That's, that's what it is. And so the, this idea that you, whether or not you can feel pain, that seems like a cop-out to me. It's, there, it's avoiding the deeper philosophical question here. Yes. And if that's what Republicans want to go with, then I believe that's what they need to go with because you can make a great moral argument for the protection of life. You really can. And you got to obviously have the exception of the life of the mother because that's not protecting life. That's choosing one over the other one. Mm. There's someone's going to die. Okay. So that, yeah, you got to have the exception for them. They need to go, if they're going to go, they need to go with it and say that we believe that this is a life and taking the life is murder, especially after the point of viability, which is later than 15 weeks. In most cases, I don't know, advances in modern science, it's getting lower and lower, mm. you know. And so that's what they need to go with. But instead, they're just kind of skirting away from the philosophical argument right now and saying it's a state's rights issue for a while. And we're not really taking just the Supreme Court made the right decision and state's rights issue and all that. And they're avoiding the other side of the argument. Maybe Lindsey Graham is just a really uh, just deeply philosophical person that truly believes is taking a life. And that's why he doesn't care about the political obvious, stupid political implications of doing this right yeah. before the midterms. Well, I think it's strategic. I it's did it a, on purpose. That's a terrible strategy. If he wants to torpedo the elections, then yeah, it's a great idea. Well, I think he's going to say, hey, like, look, you got to get more Republicans in here so we can pass this, you know, right to life bill. Yeah. So it's going to backfire. Republicans have claimed ever since the Supreme Court's June ruling that the decision merely makes room for a flourishing of different of a different kind of choice whereby voters can choose through their representatives the abortion rules under which they want to live. Mr. Graham's proposal presents an alarming alternative vision in which there is a little individual uh, in which there is little individual or community choice at all. And uh, yeah, I, it should be a state's rights issue at the least. Yeah. And <clears throat> maybe even further localized than that. Now, um, because I think that the, I think there are exceptions should be made for a myriad of reasons um, and that it should be consulted by medical professionals as well, not just lawyers mm-hmm. making laws, not knowing everything that can happen. 
So it's a complicated issue. These things are complicated, and it takes a lot of complicated people I just to think make they, complicated decisions. I think they should have stayed away from this until after the midterms. I guess that's a lie. Like, if it's what you want to do, then do it. Don't don't try to just play the politics. I think it's a terrible move for, for them because we've already seen that Democrats really seem to be coming out to vote because of the whole Roe versus Wade decision. And the problem is the headlines on this are nationwide abortion ban. You find out in the article that it's after 15 weeks. Uh, by the way, um, 95% of abortions in the U.S. occur in the first 15 weeks. So you're banning 5% of abortions that occur afterwards. A lot of those are because of life of the mother. And so you're still allowing those also. And so you're talking about banning the very, very tiny, the 1% of late-term abortions yeah. that take place. In but like that's three not, states. And most people do agree. Like if you take people who uh, think it should be uh, legal in most instances or all of them, most most of them agree on like a, a 15 or 17 or 18. Like you said, Europe has, has this, you know, but they do allow a lot of reasons to get away from it, you know, like financial hardship, you know. Basically on the books, but there's carve outs all over the place mm. and you, you can still get an abortion. Yeah. The whole 15 weeks things, by the way, is what was started with the, uh, the Mississippi ruling in the first place. It was, it was a 15 week ban. It was. And that's what got this whole thing going in the first place. So I don't know. I think it's a bad idea on their part. And I'm just not getting what the message is from the right on abortion. It, what, what is the principle here? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can deduce a little bit that I think they value uh, or they see the principle of the right to life as the highest value. I don't think you can rank um, hierarchically the first, like first principles. I think they have to, they have to exist equally because how can the right to life be greater than the right of self-ownership in that, in that case, then self-defense would no longer be viable. Right. And so those, those principles have to exist Equally, but then you have to figure out when the baby has the right of self ownership. See, now we're getting into the whole philosophical well, abortion conversation. That's right now. why I agree with evictionism. <laughs> so, even though Amanda thinks it's a bad argument, all right, you can go back and listen to our numerous abortion conversations we had around the time that the Roe versus Wade, uh, the Dobbs decision, uh, came down. And then, uh, last little tidbit, I guess, on this, uh, just to cover, this happened uh, late last week, but we didn't have time to talk about it. I just wanted to give everyone some advice uh, after making sure everyone knows. So Visa, MasterCard, and American Express are going to start categorizing sales from gun shops. So essentially, there's going to be a new category, and they are going to potentially be flagging suspicious surges of gun sales that could be a prelude to a mass shooting. I don't know if they've got an AI that's... That from what I've read, they don't have this track record with any of the other thing with any of the others. I don't know what they're going to use to try and predict that. Whatever the case may be, what they're doing is creating a national gun registry that at some point in time in the future, the government will access. Just so you know, they can also. I know they're also using this as well to uh, for canceling folks. Yeah, you know, PayPal and and mm -hmm. Visa, Mastercard, Amex are restricting. Um, people from being able to accept money if they're canceled. So yeah, I mean, and what would help this out? Huh, competition. Yeah. My advice that uh, I just wanted to talk about it to give advice, use cash, 
to buy a gun or use cryptocurrency of some kind. If you're worried about the tracking, there is still some competition. You can still use cash. Uh, you can still, a lot of them take crypto. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, we have Rob. I mean, there's here. already a database anyway. You have to get a background oh, yeah. check. Yeah. It's and already they, a they, they put the gun on there that you're buying. Mm -hmm. It's like that, you know. Uh, they're I mean, going to be able to create a much more sophisticated registry with a much more up-to-date database of people. By using private corporations. By yeah. using all of their technology from people like what you do for corporations on a daily basis, they will have a much better database than what is probably not well connected throughout all of the different states yeah. that, that run these checks. And so essentially you don't need like a national database of people, which is something that they've wanted to get through some of these yeah. laws. Like you got it right here. And of hey. course they're going to hide it from the government. They're going to keep it private until the government wants the information or they backdoor themselves into yeah. the system. Hey, real quick. While we're on this uh, semi-conspiracy train here, okay, I got one for you. Okay, I saw a video the other day, and I don't know if it's true. I haven't vetted this, so I'm just going to ask it live, right here on the show. Okay, someone had posted a video of King Charles. You're posting the video? No, someone did. Oh, and it was uh, King Charles giving his, I guess, his first speech. I haven't seen it, but uh, what it sounded like, I don't know if it's a deep fake or not. I gotta, I gotta look into this. What it sounded like is this is he was talking about there needs to be like a world leader mm. who has who who basically is like over all the governments and has like their own army and they need <laughs> and they need trillions of dollars at their disposal. I have no idea if he said that. I've because not he, seen Well, this. he's talking about like things like the COVID pandemic has shown us that you can't trust some governments to put the right restrictions in place and stuff. Guys, just to clarify, this is has clearly not been vetted. Yeah, it hasn't been vetted. I, yeah. I announced that at the beginning. Okay, yeah. Disclaimer. Conspiracy I, radio hour right now. Yes. I, I just said I saw this video. I don't <laughs> know if it's true, yeah. but I just want to ask a question. Did you see this? Haven't seen it, no. Okay. And if I'm I being see told anything, that it's a deep fake. If I see anything pertaining to the king or the queen, I scroll past it faster than the Nina Turner post. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I could not care less yeah. about any of the royal mm. anything yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't know why girls are so obsessed with this royal family. It's like watching the Kardashians or something like that. They know like everyone who's heir to what a Duchess of New York or whatever it is and, and all that. And I just, I, just, I don't care. <laughs> they were, uh, anyway, we've already, we've already talked about all that. She was talking, my wife was talking about this money uh, that the queen had given away or something like that. Or, and I was like, oh, yeah, all that money that, you know, her family uh, got from raping and murdering <laughs> different villages around the countryside. Like, yeah, that's really great. She's like, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so she knows not to talk to me about the royal family. Yeah. I just don't care. That is tough, though, when people bring up, like, oh, the United States got rich off slavery. <laughs> no, I mean, we have a direct family tie. <laughs> this is literally the family. Yeah. It's, in fact, that's in the rules <laughs> that yeah. it is this family. It's the same family. We know where they are yeah. right now. Okay, if we're going to hold anyone accountable for their ancestors' sins, uh, we know their address. Okay, yeah. it's been traced heavily. Yeah. 
They're millionaires. <laughs> okay. Billionaires. I don't know what their well, I don't know what the net worth is. Oh, uh, the royal family is gotta for be sure worth a lot. Billions, for sure billions. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please <laughs> share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe and the children. Share it with those little pesky brats running around causing problems. And uh if you uh want to support us, we would really appreciate that. If you could go to joingml.com. Sign up to be a real libertarian, not anti-libertarian, like uh, Alex Jones and Crowder with Louder. <laughs> That's could, it, yeah. You could be a real libertarian with us. So go support the show, sign up. We would appreciate that. Um, there, you can also get a merch. There's all kinds of value that we provide and the things that we offer. Merch uh, would be at uh, God Hates Feds, because mm-hmm. he does. GodHatesFeds.com. Pick yourself up a God Hates Chuck shirt. You know, they, uh, they do exist. They exist. And, uh, then you can go, you can support Nate by going to natescrashcourse.com If you want to learn about the market and that promo code is over tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so you have one day. You have until 1159 PM tomorrow night to use the promo code crash course 40 to get 40% off mm. one single time payment over a hundred videos on there. If you don't know anything about trading, Time you know, you know, I heard uh, Thomas Sowell talking about, was it Thomas Sowell? Yeah. There's uh, a lot of stuff that the government can confiscate from you and take away from you, you know, but they, they like to confiscate wealth, but there's one wealth that they can't take away from you. And that's your own human capital. They, they can't get it. That's a value that you can create and that they can't confiscate from you yet. We don't have the technology. Yeah. They might try it someday. So build up that wealth. All right. Work on that. The knowledge. The knowledge. Knowledge. Uh, you can help by um, clicking on our sponsors, by the way. That's another way to help, by going and checking out what we've got. We've got uh, good. Uh, we got BetterHelp and Beard Club stuff. You guys heard it throughout the episode. Go check them out. American Heart for Gold. Uh, gold. I love gold. <laughs> I love gold. And, uh, yeah, there's more ways to support us, but that's it for now. And we would appreciate it very, very much. Um, because... Like Alex Jones, we haven't reached his level yet, though. Um, we haven't been canceled, but we've been um, defunded. We have. Yeah, across multiple platforms. So all of our support comes from you and uh, some ads that we get. So we really appreciate you guys doing all of that for us to keep this to keep this train rolling. We're not going on strike. All right. <laughs> all right. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the week. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Do you have a call? I don't, but.